0: Welcome to Next of Kin, the parents' podcast. I'm your host, Emma. I'm a British expat living in Dubai, UAE with my partner and baby girl. Join me on my expat motherhood journey. I'll be discussing different topics each week and we'll be joined by some wonderful guests. Now, if you're a mum, you're short on time. So let's jump right in. Hi, and welcome back. I am back to recording at home for this episode. I'm actually recording completely out of sequence now. I'm having a super podcast heavy two weeks. Last week I recorded with Nikki, the Scottish soul sister, which I'm sure you've probably already listened to that episode. But personally, I've been replaying different sections from that conversation and referring back to it myself. So I'm so super grateful to Nikki for coming on. We also really need to convince Nikki to have her own podcast because I would absolutely love that. I also recorded as a guest on the Buyer to Badass podcast, which will actually be out now when you listen to this. So if you want to go and hear a little bit more about me, about my background and what led me to quit my job and start Next of Kin, then do go ahead and listen to that. I'll link all of these kind of things that I'm mentioning today in the show notes. Tomorrow I will be recording with Lisa from Lullabies which will go live before this episode. I am just her perfect client right now. I'm literally frazzled. I am exhausted (laughs) but I still wanted to pop on and record another episode for you today in advance because next week we'll be heading back to the UK so I doubt I'm going to have a spare minute to even sit and record let alone edit anything for you. And to be honest, today I just felt like recording, so this might be a very quick episode, more of a check-in, but let's see how much I ramble on for you. Firstly, I think we need to discuss, is there anyone else here with an 8 to 10 month old right now? And how are you holding up? (laughs) This phase of babyhood is absolute chaos. Another sleep regression, because as if we haven't already had a million of those to this point. And now that Bonnie is crawling and getting about so quickly, the age old saying of you can't turn your back, all of that, yeah, it's so true. Oh my goodness. When I put her down, I obviously put her as far from danger as possible. I turn to pick something up. By the time I've literally turned back round, she's depotted a plant. (laughs) There's dirt (laughs) everywhere. It's crazy. And something I find really funny about this stage too is how she's like, Right, I have mastered crawling onto walking. She just wants to be vertical at all times. If I go to put her on the floor, she'll be straight backed. Like, great, thanks mum, just put me here, put me on my feet. hun. you can't even walk, you're going to stack it? Like, (laughs) please bend in the middle. (laughs) I also made a real mum faux pas recently as well. We went out for lunch and I felt really guilty that we're sat here having a lovely dessert and she can't have any, so... What would be the harm in giving her, like, a tiny bit to taste? (laughs) And my goodness, the sugar high. She was screaming for probably an hour at the top of her lungs in her little baby carrier on Daddy around Dubai Mall. People were genuinely looking around thinking, who is torturing that child? And then they'd see this cute, happy as Larry little baby kicking her legs, but she's red in the face because she's (laughs) squealing at the top of her lungs. So if you're currently parenting a little rascal, please hang on in there because I am right there with you. So you all know already that I'm on a mission to find beat the heat ideas and family things to do in Dubai in summer. And this has admittedly been a little bit thwarted by a baby who hates dark rooms. <laughs> She's been like it since she was born. It makes absolutely no sense. I'm pretty sure my womb is dark, right? <laughs> so with those failures at bowling at Sharjah Arabian Wildlife Park behind us, I decided to keep things quite simple this week. I'll tell you what was on my list so that you can check it out if you feel like it. We were going to do the Sharjah Rain Room. We were going to go to an aquarium. There's the cheaper one in Sharjah. We were going to go to Museum of No idea if that would be dark, but I'm pretty sure she'd hate it, wouldn't she? So this weekend, we decided to keep things simple. Saturday morning, we spent at Fia Fia in DIFC, which is actually really great for babies her age because they can go for free. And then on Sunday, we decided we fancied a roast. I know, I just said we're going back to the UK in literally a week, but well, clearly we couldn't wait. I feel like such an uncultured Brit abroad when we go for a roast here. But there we go. We needed a roast. We're true Brits. So we head over to the Great British Cafe in Jamiro Gulf Estates. And it was all lovely. We had a lovely roast. The cafe was nice. The staff were lovely and didn't mind that Bonnie obviously left the place in an absolute mess. Bonnie was very complimentary about her Yorkshire pudding and weirdly she loved the red cabbage. Thought she would be more of a mashed potato kind of girl, but she really enjoyed her cabbage. So there we go. They even have the, well, they had a lovely Victoria sponge, which I had, but something I didn't try was they have like the school cake, you know, the sponge with the like layer of sprinkles on top. So I thought that was quite funny, very British. The best bit though, is that across from the cafe, they have a kid's play area And it is the stuff of kiddie dreams, maybe because we were there in summer, but it was absolutely empty. No one there at all the whole time we were there. And it's got like your typical soft play, a little bit for toddlers, et cetera. But then they have this toddler high street. So they have a shop, a post office a vets and all these little shops that like double story as well. And if I was a kid, that's well when I was a kid that's the stuff of my absolute dreams just role play all day in there you'd have so much fun. Bonnie is only nine months old so obviously I haven't been dragged to Kidzania yet but I imagine this is like a very chilled out version of that so the little ones can play pretend and I actually genuinely can't wait to take Bonnie back in a couple of years when she's big enough to enjoy it. It's not a super new idea for you of something to do to beat the heat but I had to give them a shout out because I thought that was fab on the business side of my life we're still at sampling stage right now but I do love this stage it's super exciting actually the latest round I received had so many cute styles none of them fit at all (laughs) the fit was so off but I would really prefer that they come in looking cute and then the fit just needs to be adjusted then they all arrive in perfect fit condition but be disappointed that the designs didn't actually look right in real life so I'm happy we'll figure it out I have two more parcels of designs in transit so please keep your fingers crossed for me because if these all go to plan we can stay on track for that autumn launch and I really felt like I was back to my old roots going through each sample thoroughly from a design perspective and also from the qualities perspective writing up all my notes sending them back to the factory that's kind of what I used to do when I was at Harrods Although I did have a team at Harrods that would help me with this and it takes a very long time by yourself. Also, baby Bonnie really doesn't appreciate being my fit model and she's really big for her age, so that doesn't make it easy. So other than the sampling, I'm trying to use my time in between podcasting, working on the brand to basically train myself in all these business aspects of being an entrepreneur and starting your own business on your on your own, where I'm lacking the knowledge Recently, it was some training on like Facebook ads. Apparently, I need to get a pixel put it on my website, something like that. I don't know what a minefield. <laughs> You'd think these things would be easy, wouldn't you? But yeah, whenever I'm, um, whenever I have any spare time right now, I'm just trying to cram my head full of knowledge. I will say one thing though: if you are currently employed, you probably have great health insurance through your employer, and you've never even had to think about it more than that. But I'm just setting up my own visa. And I need to decide, do I take the cheap insurance that kind of comes with it, but is useless and you can't even really use? Or do I pay loads of money to be able to go to King's if I need it? It's pretty much an impossible decision, isn't it? Because it's not like I have a crystal ball here to know what's going to happen in this this next year. AXA as well seems to be the only insurer who is insuring unmarried mothers. If anyone knows anything different, then please get in touch. Because <laughs> at the moment, I'm not definitely... Definitely not planning another baby in the coming year but it does seem ridiculous to spend so much money on coverage that covers kings and what I would like from there if I'm not then covering myself for maternity just in case. So then I end up looking at plans that are suddenly like 20k for the the plan for the year. So if anyone is going self-employed please have a think about that if you can't be covered on your work your partner's work insurance or something like that. Just enjoy these benefits of of employment whilst you have them. So off the back of the kind of podcasts that I've been recording recently, and also just the discussions I've been having, I really wanted to talk to you today about one big difference in the parenting culture here in the UAE compared to back home in the UK. And this has to do with the old phrase, it takes a village to raise a child which is also one of my favourite podcasts out here. I'm sure you probably all already listened to that one. <laughs> anyway, as expats, we generally do not have that village that we are more likely to have in back in our home countries. I often see on mummy Facebook pages, people are asking what on earth they are meant to do with their current baby, toddler child, whilst they're in labour with their next child. And that's just an example of something that I wouldn't even worry about if I was back in the UK. Not that I even lived near my parents. I was 100 plus miles away in London, but I had very close friends nearby and I could easily have had my mum on standby ready to jump in the car to help out. If she's listening to this, which I know she doesn't, she'll be like, hey, but you you would have done that mum, you know. <laughs> and side note, my first labour was super long, so a three hour wait for her to get to me wouldn't be an issue. I also mentioned before that now and again I'll get this sudden realisation that leaves me feeling quite vulnerable that I am actually really far away from home and I'm sure this is one of the times you'd really feel that. Mentally I don't feel that I have that backup here and that safety cushion that I would feel like I had if I was in the UK. So trust me there are a hell of a lot of positives to having children out here hence why I have my baby here (laughs) but just to highlight another negative which is the mat leave situation. So in the UK mostly there is the option of up to a year's maternity and everyone thinks the maternity package in the UK sucks because of um, the financials involved in that. However It absolutely shocks my friends back home to learn that my company gave me three months. And what shocks them even further was to find out that this is double what is legally required and the norm for most mums out here. So this means that we are left having to figure out our childcare options pretty early on. In the UK, the main options that most families look to are nursery and family help, maybe a daycare, um, a childminder, that kind of thing. And I think in general, people aren't thinking about this at all within the first six months. Then you have the nanny or the au pair, and that tends to be for the higher income households. Or let's be super honest, it's looked at as something for people who are too posh to parent and all these like silly connotations. Let's be honest, we love to judge in the UK anyway. So here we obviously tend to have to rule out the family help and Every new mum I've spoken to has dreaded going back to work because it's just too early. They're simply not ready to leave their baby. So for those of you that have to go back to work when the baby is not even six weeks, bearing in mind here that the maternity leave is six weeks, but you might have started that before you even gave birth. So for them, those mums going back to work that early nursery isn't even really an option for a lot of them because a lot of nurseries won't even take them that young A few will but it's few and far between and then that's limiting your options and do you really like that nursery or are you just having to choose it because you have to so this tends to leave the nannies and I say it like that because I'm one of those people who had super negative connotations to the word and hi baby bunny. And we have a little intruder, time for milk. (laughs) Okay, sorry guys, for continuation purposes, I will tell you that I've just had a little lady come and visit me for milk. Not sure why she needed milk again, but we did have vaccines this morning. Actually, she's been fine for vaccines, so if anyone's getting nervous about vaccines and teething. She was absolutely fine with teething and vaccines. So do not worry about those things. But it does give her a bit of a free pass, just have her milk all day. So sorry about that if I now sound completely different. It also means that we have a house full of people. And so it's probably going to get a little bit noisy. But that's just mum life for you, isn't it? So I think that Nannies can have negative connotations, whether that's from the nanny's perspective. I hear horrible stories about how nannies and house help are treated here by their employers. And I also hear horror stories from the other side of basically bad nannies. So I just wanted nothing to do with this nanny culture. I didn't want to get involved in it at all. I guess I was probably more team nursery I mean, let me take you right back to the beginning. So before I even had Bonnie, I went to visit the local nursery, and they actually laughed at me because they were like, "So how old's your your baby?" And I was like, "Um," <laughs> and she went, "It's this. You're not coming to visit for the baby that's in your tummy, are you?" And I was like, "Uh, yeah." <laughs> I was like, "I just need to know. I need to get a vibe." And um, I felt fine about it. Honestly, I felt fine. I was still pregnant. I didn't have the baby. I said to them, "I'd sign up." They told me to come back in january and i'd be all good to sign up so january rolls by at this point i've had the baby she's what two months old or maybe three months in january but i was needing to get back to work i had an extra month of holiday banked so i could make it up to four months of mat leave but i go to sign her up and the nurseries are full (laughs) And they had actually already told me that it doesn't get full for their baby age, but just so happens that it was full. I guess everything happens for a reason. Anyway, we went and visited again because my partner hadn't been with me before and I just didn't feel right about it at all. We went to another nursery that did have space. And again, I didn't feel right about it. I didn't feel right about childcare in general at that stage she had you will know that she's a velcro baby anyway so she'd been attached to me for three months of her life and I'd been with her all day every day looking after her I was really happy to just stay at home and be with her now looking back if things hadn't have changed I think I could have lost my mind because she also hated the car so we weren't really getting out and about and especially over summer like we really wouldn't have been able to do much so I could really imagine me losing my marbles quite quickly not having any help or any break at all what ended up happening was work demanded I definitely needed to go back I couldn't keep putting it off I did put in another month unpaid so that brought me up to nearly five months so quite a long time in UAE standards anyway However, if I'd gone back before then, they would have wanted me to travel straight away. So I kind of needed to take the month unpaid because I definitely could not be traveling. So it came down to n- nannies, basically. I needed to make the decision. And we realized that with both my job and Rich's job at the time, we could work from home quite a lot. So why not have a nanny? And at least that way, she can still continue breastfeeding and all of these things. Um, Also, because as you know, she wasn't taking a bottle. And I'm sure that if we sent her to nursery, they would have found a way to get her to take a bottle. Or she would have just protested. And as people say, they then just reverse cycle and don't drink during the day and drink at night. But it is what it is if that's what you've got to do, right? But seeing as we were going to be working from home a lot, it made sense that we could get a nanny and we could have a bit more trust because we would be here. It's not like we have a big apartment, so we would be pretty much on top of each other and know what's going on. What I will say is different is that when we were interviewing people, there's obviously different personality types, but we found a lot of the nannies were very shy and quite hard to really get to know during an interview stage. They don't necessarily play to their strengths and I guess that's because I'm coming from an industry and a background where when you're interviewing you're really being quite ballsy and talking up all your experience and really going for it and trying to get good salaries and all this kind of thing whereas every single nanny that I interviewed when I asked them what salary they wanted they'd just say oh that's that's up to you mum which seems just crazy to me right (laughs) seems crazy but also a few more things about nanny culture here that i found difficult firstly the salary because i think you technically only have to pay them 1500 a month which is madness and that is for 6 days a week so just one day off working 12 hour days again that is not okay some for me i know like other people do that and that's their business but for me i could not have someone around my child that is not getting a lot of time off So we just wanted to do working hours Monday till Friday and we wanted to pay them what we saw as a fair wage. Here it's very common to have live-in help and we went for live-out because we personally just couldn't get our heads around live-in and we didn't have a spare bedroom so that one was off the table. I guess if we were in a villa would I prefer live-in help? Maybe. Even if it's just more of that household help instead of as a nanny so I am kind of getting my head around it now but also I just can't imagine not being able to run and get something off the dryer naked you know <laughs> don't want to scar these poor people but for now we're very happy with our situation and I guess the only advice I've got to give you is to bear with it and to trial people So that you can really get a feel for them and just have different expectations around what you want from childcare. Because what I wanted from a nursery or what I would have received from a nursery, I mean, they literally teach these babies yoga and Arabic and French when they can't even speak English, (laughs) which I know is a good thing to do for their language, etc. But we're going from that really like structured, very academic in a way, kind of uh, child development for the baby To what we have now, where I feel that her nanny is like a kind aunt. So things aren't really like all about child development, but it's about love and play and happiness. And she gets to come and still feed with me and spend loads of time with me. So that's what I'm happy with. One big reason for us that made us consider a nanny was someone saying to me, they can also help you around the house so that that time that you're having with them In the evening, at the weekend, is your golden time. You're not there doing dishes or laundry or whatever it might be, cleaning the bathroom. They're able to do that at the same time as looking after the baby when they nap or whatever that might be. And actually, that is a really big plus you really wouldn't have with nursery. But the main thing for us was that we can spend more time with her because we can see her throughout the day. I have really good friends, a few really good friends in the UK who are nannies. And they are so skilled. They really know all the Montessori or they're really clued up on child development, basically. And they are paid accordingly for that, right? So underline here is that nannies in the UK are expensive, but they're super skilled. And that's not necessarily what you're getting here. So if you want that kind of nanny, obviously you can pay for it or you can train up your own. So for example, first thing I did was send off my nanny to get first aid training, because there's no chance you'll being around my child and looking after them if you're not trained on something as basic as first aid. But there's also other courses that you can send them on and teach them yourself. Just make sure you've got a nanny that's really open to doing things in different ways. Um, and you think will fit in with your lifestyle, I guess, and your personalities. So that's kind of the nanny culture here. I still feel a bit uncomfortable if I ever mention that we've got a nanny on Instagram or something like that because predominantly the people looking at that are people back in the UK and so they have their predetermined ideas of what that means. A, maybe I don't want to parent my child <laughs> be we have tons and tons of money and that's just not true the whole reason that we have a nanny is so that we can be here and a lot more present with Bonnie and it's working well for us so far so nanny culture housekeeper culture help around the home the reason it's so prevalent here is because we don't have that village we're just gonna burn out I would have completely burnt out if I hadn't got this help there's no chance that I would be in this position now with next of kin etc without the help from this nanny. So that's my very scattered thoughts about the nanny and maybe I've given you a a few things to think about or maybe you're totally thinking no I'm not happy with this I want to go down the nursery route which again is super valid and there's some really fabulous nurseries out there. I personally still really want her to go to a nursery at some point maybe when she's like two years old go and learn some baby yoga. (laughs) some French, some Arabic. So I'm not anti-nursery in any way. I think it's going to be great for her. But hopefully I've given you a little bit of food for thought and explained, I guess, nanny culture if you're someone who doesn't already live here. Okay, so let's get into our last segments for the episode. Firstly, our mum lemma. This week, I want to ask you Do you have any tips for keeping the baby cool in the car during summer? So any particular products or anything that you do to cool the car? The car seats are often really dark colours, aren't they? Which makes sense to avoid the stains, I do get it. But sometimes her black car seat is like the hottest spot in the whole car, the poor kid. So do tell me, what are your tips for keeping baby cool? Now, pregnant ladies and mums of littles, I have the best recommendation that I think I will ever give on this podcast today. There is one toy which is superior to all toys on the market. And no, I am not sponsored. Yes, I am exaggerating. But honestly, this toy was the first toy my baby liked or played with from just a couple weeks old. And she loved it. And I found that all other babies I know, because I bought it for all of them too, Absolutely loved it. In our house, we call him Jerry the Giraffe, but this toy is 15 dirhams. Yes, one five dirhams. IKEA Giraffe Rattle called Clapper. I think it's called Clapper with a K. How this toy has not gone viral yet, I do not know, because it's so cheap and it's basically bright yellow with black spots on it. So little fresh new eyes love to stare at it, love the contrast. But it's also the perfect plush squishiness for them to grasp onto. And you'll just have to trust me on this one. They absolutely love it. I said a few weeks ago that I wanted to end each week with a little bit of positivity for you. I was asked on the Buyer to Badass podcast what mantra I live by. And I said, this too shall pass. So if you are currently in the midst of a difficult period, keep going. This too shall pass. If you are currently loving life, soak it all in because this too shall pass. And with that, I want to thank you all for joining me today, and I hope you enjoyed my little catch-up. We're now seven episodes in, so I would really appreciate it if you enjoy the podcast, to please share it with your friends. It would be a great help to me. Till next week, I'll see you over on Instagram at nextofkin.ae, and have a fabulous week.